Hello, and welcome back to whatever it may be with me, your boy Jay Cyrus. Um, you know, doing all the things, drinking water, staying hydrated, post-COVID, feeling good, got my smell back a little bit. I'm able to smell things. And one of the things that I'm smelling today is the wonderful, magnificent, beautiful guest that I have with me. And boy, is it a smell. It's a certain musk that really can't be put into words. It's a little, it's like mahogany mixed with a little bit of money, mixed with like a little bit of doubt, but also just like an abundance of confidence. My, my good friend, professional, dirty goth boy slash gambler, Mickey. How are you, my guy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Now that we're on the record, I'm going to say it again. I love you, Jay. I love you. And I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad you do, you agreed to do the podcast. Not only did he agree to do the podcast, but we're on the phone at about maybe 9.45 p.m., and I'm like, yo, we got to nail this podcast down. And he goes, I'll fucking come over right now. And admittedly, I was like, well, I don't really want to do it right now, but <laughs> Mickey's a busy guy. So I was like, all right, we're fucking doing it right now. And 25 minutes after that, he was over here, and now we're here, and he's in my room, and we're doing a podcast together. Jay, honestly, I would I would go to the moon and back for you. So, and I believe that. Yeah, I honestly believe that. There's there's a lot of people that say that. Very few do I believe. Oh, I'm about it. And you're one of the guys that I believe, Mickey. You um, are what I would definitely classify as one of the most interesting individuals I've ever known, slash been friends with. And I think uh, you know for for you know of course, if you share the podcast, your audience will hear and they'll know exactly who you are. But just in reference for, you know, people that might not know who you are, based on what I know, and you can always chime in, you are somebody that um, has lived a very interesting life Mm -hmm. from poverty to homelessness to just kind of taking casinos for a lot of what they're worth based on a skill set that is absolutely mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. But... You're also, you're also, you know, you're a very charitable guy and you're, you're a fucking super like fucking sick dude. You're very like nice. Give the shirt off your back kind of guy. Always been that guy around me. What, what, what do you, if somebody was like, yo, who are you? What would you say? I say, I'm just a guy, man. I'm just living life. Just living life. Yeah. People, people are always in my comment section. Like. You know, you're a legend or you're this or, you know, you know, you know, saying cool things. But yeah, yeah. Some of them, you know, even tell me, oh, you're my idol or I want to be like you and stuff like this. I always have to let them know, like, hey, man, there's like way better people in this world to idolize and be than I'm just some dude, you know, that's it. I'm just like living my life. If I'm one thing I'm good at, post it about it and it seems cool because it's unique. Or I'm just I'm just a dude, you know, I'm just a regular guy. On the surface, what is what is it that that you would think or maybe that they would even give you uh, information wise that they idolize? What do you mean? Say again. Like, if somebody says you're my idol, yeah. to you, what does that mean? What are they? What are they idolizing? I think they're. I think first of all, I think it's like a, f- a false sense of belief in, in who I am, right? So mm-hmm. the people that say that are not people who know me, right? Right. Like me and you know each other, and, right. and you know, you know, our, our whole friend group. Nobody in our friend group comes up to me and is like, "Oh, I wish I was you. Or I, I idolize you," right. because we're all the same. And I think when you guys know me, you know that we're the same. Like. Bro, Jay, like you're a crazy dope dude, and you said I'm the most unique person that maybe in, in, that you're friends with. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think, bro, like, like you have have such crazy unique characteristics and, and things in your life and like your story. It's, it's like unbelievable. A CJ, 
Cat, oh, catfish for catfish. Are you yeah, dude. Me? Catfish is the first guest on the show. You know, yeah, oh, it's dope. We had, I, some, we had a fucking that. great conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. But yep. yeah, man. No, I, I, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, I, I just um, so when people say they idolize you, of course it's like not this finite thing to you because you are at the end of the day just being yourself. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you know younger, your age, even older than you might see your persona online as somebody to idolize just because you do. And, th- and this is the, this is the craziest part about it to me is that I know you as this very humble guy who's not like this, you know, crazy, arrogant asshole that like, you know, thinks this shit don't stink and, and also parades around town like a rich dude. Like you, to me, like you wear comfortable clothing. You're not fucking, I mean, if it is designer, it's like, you really got to look for it and you don't like, have this flashy personality about you. But if you were to watch your Instagram videos, you'd be like, Oh, this guy's living a fucking life. Like this dude's definitely spending upwards of a hundred grand a day just on leisure. And that's just not the case. So it's so funny you say that. So these pants I'm wearing, you can see they're super stained, right? Absolutely. So I haven't changed. This is going to sound terrible. No, this is going to sound Mickey. It's going to sound. So I was supposed to come to Vegas for 48 hours and three and a half weeks later. And I haven't gone home yet. I brought one change of clothes and snowboard gear because I was supposed to go back to L.A. Mm-hmm. So I haven't changed these pants in like 18 days now. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was expecting like maybe three days. No, it's been 18 days. But <laughs> one, one time Ian left a pair of sweatpants at Brandy's house. So I wore those for a day. And then one time about a week ago, Paige came over uh, and did my laundry. But what, I don't, a, what a sweetheart. Yeah, because I was wearing the same exact outfit every day. Oh, and this hoodie actually is not mine. So, oh, by the way, somebody gave me these sweatpants, that, and somebody gave me this hoodie. I was going to say, that's like, Mickey is this guy who's done a lot in the gambling world mm. and, and made a lot of money gambling. Now, whether, whether or not that money's here or there, wherever, donated, like, in savings, whatever, Mickey is somebody that I think receives a lot more things than he then he has to purchase like you're like that guy so there's a few things so first of all it's funny you say that right uh i don't know why this is but people love to give me gifts i mean i think i have some ideas but even before i could offer them like any sort of reciprocity Mm -hmm. even when i was a little bit younger people always love giving me things i don't know why um but i'm like yeah run it man you know i'm i'm uh, I'm like I'm here to save a dollar like, for not, sure, you know? and I appreciate the love and I appreciate the gifts and I appreciate being shown love. I really appreciate it. it makes Absolutely. Me feel and uh, <clears throat> also, I I live is so crazy. So this last year, I've I've changed a lot, but it's all been temporary. The changes I've made have been temporary, right? Like I didn't. Uh, so for example, uh, the last five years, let's say pre twenty twenty one, right? So yeah. cu- coming, so twenty twenty was the last year I was really like this. I have never paid a single bank fee, not a wire fee, not a withdrawal fee, not a, a transfer fee, not a, a monthly fee, zero fees. You know, like, you know, how you have to like pay to get like a, a new checkbook printed. Yeah. I've never paid for that. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> so, Those are like, the, these are like the little fees where I'm like, you know, I fucking hate dealing with the bank because of them. I've never paid an ATM fee, never any of these. Right. So what I do is I spend a lot of my time on the phone arguing <laughs> To get these fees, re- so you're re- that guy. I'm 100 percent that guy. 100. percent I, you know, it's funny. I've been that guy a few times. Yeah, and it makes my skin crawl to be that guy. I'm not, and it's not because I think that being that guy is shitty. Mm-hmm. 
It's just that I'm so good at it mm-hmm. that I feel like I have the upper hand on whoever I'm arguing with. So I agree, right? So I find that as a challenge. So I don't need to save a dollar fifty on the ATM withdrawal, right? I don't need that. But I literally not only do I have some ego where I can literally say here full heartedly, like call any of my institutions, I've never paid a fee, right? Right, right. But I like the challenge of like no matter who I speak to, I'm gonna get this. Right. You know? Dude, I mean, that's, and that's, again, like, I've I've gone to, like, a hotel, or I've stayed at a hotel where, like, I walk in, and they just got done cleaning the floor, so it's a little wet, and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be this fucking guy, but I, I call, and within, you know, like, a well-crafted four-word sentence, mm-hmm. they're like, absolutely, sir, let's go ahead and take everything you've spent and give it back to you. Exactly. There's a free night on us, and I'm just like, you know, at that point, I'm like, Oh, I'm so good at this, but I feel I feel bad just because whoever's picking up that phone doesn't have a fucking chance. Bro, let me tell you a fun story about getting stuff for free. I can tell you a lot of stories about this, but <laughs> and I and I don't mean this like arrogantly, like I'm not saying <clears throat> that people give me stuff for free or like silly for doing it. I really appreciate it. I really love it. And now that I have the opportunity to uh, reciprocate that appreciation mm-hmm. and you know, like people give me clothes a lot, like from the clothing brand. I'm like, Hey man, what can I do to, to return the favor? Like, Hey, just post about it. I said, yeah. say less, bro. They just want you to wear it. Usually, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it is, sometimes it's not even clothes, whatever it may be. I'm like, you know, some people, some people want to give me free vapes. I'm right. like, I'm like, what can I do? And they're like, you know, whatever. And I'm like called, you know, done. Done. But uh, but a cool story about getting free stuff. When I uh, retired from business and I moved from South Florida to L.A., I got every single portion of my moment I left Florida to the moment I arrived at L.A. for free, right? Everything from every meal I ate, every hotel Jesus. I stayed in, every dollar in gas. The I drove uh, a truck and a trailer with all my stuff and one of my cars on it. Everything was free from start to finish. But everything along the way, I had a hustle. This is what happened. So <clears throat> I picked only casino cities that I was going to stop over in. And obviously, every, at the time, every casino wanted me to stay there. So, of course, right. they'll give me free rooms. They'll also give me free food while I'm there. But casinos also give me uh, free money to gamble with. So I just kept winning and kept free rolling every casino city I was in. So I'd stay in the city for free. They'd give me money to gamble. I'd win. I'd keep the money. It'd cover more costs. Then we were driving through a part of North Texas, and we were in a blizzard, mad random. I don't even know how right. it happened. And the heat didn't work in the truck. But like a mile up the road was a truck stop, a, a mechanic shop that was connected to the truck rental. So I called them. I said, hey, I got no heat. They said, you're literally up the street. Pull in. They'll fix it. So even though it was only like one mile of no heat, right, I called them the next day and I said, hey, um, I need to know um, my elderly father who was in the vehicle with me. No big deal. But we have to stop over in the ER. Where do I send the hospital bill uh, for the no heat in the truck? And they said, truck and trailers on us, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean, but at the end of the day, like, that's the kind of shit that you have to do in order to maintain a good business. Because nowadays, all it is is... Yelp reviews and fucking online shit, dude. If you do one bad thing as a business owner, you're fucked. So you have to make it up to these people. So, like, I could see how, like, especially somebody being like, yeah, well, my elderly father was freezing in the car, and I really don't want to write a tweet about this. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, please don't. Yeah. It's funny because I, um, you, you talk about, like, you know, getting free stuff and things like that, and, and you, you know, as somebody who lives in Vegas, I'm very familiar with the casinos and how much they you know, give whatever they can to make somebody who's going to be spending a lot of money, you know, feel welcome or feel comfortable. And sure. I've been on the receiving end for you. 
in those big illustrious dinners that you've invited me to where I'm just like, dude, they're really like, they're fluffing us up. Like they literally will do whatever, whatever it takes to like, make sure we have a good time because they know like these are fucking big hitters. And like, and I'm just sitting there, you know, fucking like taking pictures of everything. And I'm like, fucking, I got to fucking film this. And, you know, and CJ's the same way. He's like, yo, let's film the bill. And it's just like, it's all free food, but it's like, it's such a fucking crazy lifestyle that I would never live otherwise. But that's one of the things where I'm just like, this is like, this is like almost humbling in a way for me because it does bring me back to reality of like, yo, like this is, you know, something to strive for. This is like something to like, even if it's not in the same regard, of course, I'm not going to go to a fucking casino and win big or spend a bunch of money. But the act of allowing my friend group to like eat off of, you know, any kind of merit, Mm. is like such an admirable thing it's like you know like one day i want to just be able to fuck and sometimes like like if we're at a, like a restaurant or something and and the bill comes and it's way lower than anything we've ever seen at the casinos it is like cool to throw down a card and be like yo like i got this because these are the fruits of my labor like you guys are my fucking homies but that's like some of the inspiring things that like you've done for me and, and like i watch the way you work and i watch the way you talk to people i watch the way you handle yourself and i'm just like this dude is like wise beyond his years and it's it's such a dope thing to watch because mm-hmm. I've watched it in different industries, but the gambling industry and like what you do is so foreign to me that I'm always like wondering. I'm I'm like I I wish you would write a book because there's so many things that I want to know about this industry. I, I see that you have like these connections and these like kind of relationship with like these big rappers like Drake and Lil Baby and you know, 2K baby and all these people that are like coming to you because they're like, this guy's smart with money. This guy's like, you know, they don't want to just be about, you know, they don't want to just talk about it. They want to be about it. So they, they have like-minded individuals like you that they surround themselves with. And I think about rap and I think about like beef and rap music and like the music industry and stuff like that. Is there anything like that that exists in gambling? Um, well, there's so many things you said that I wish we had, like, more time, you know? Like, I wish we had, like, endless time. I mean, I mean, go for it, dude. I mean, it doesn't matter if this goes over. I want to say the I want to say one thing that I didn't get a chance t- t- chance to touch on. Go for it. With, for your introduction, you touched on uh, the smell of your uh, guest, right? Yeah. So, you know how I describe myself? I describe myself as somebody who looks like they're supposed to smell really bad, but actually smells really good. So, you're like the Post, Mo- Post Malone exactly, of the gambling industry. Exactly. Because, and I got that from my ex who's obsessed with Post Malone, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Because yeah. he got... I think he received so much shit online about this guy looks like he smells like, you know, a dirty bathtub. Yeah. And, you know, he like, he literally took his camera and was like, went around everybody in his camp and was like, yo, do I smell bad? (laughs) Everybody without any fucking hesitation was like, actually, you smell great. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. I think that's me. You know, I think, yeah, even though I'm wearing the same clothes every day, you know, but but at the end of the day, I'm just like a dirty goth boy, you know, I'm just a dirty goth boy. You got to be dirty. You got to live up to the name. Yeah. Besides, I'm Richard a big dick, so who's going to tell me otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> There's that humble Mickey we all love so much. <laughs> um, uh, so beef and... There's so much stuff I, I, I want to keep talking about, but uh, the beef and the uh, ca- uh, gambling game. So it's, um, it's an interesting setup because, first of all, uh, high-stakes gambling, uh, most of it exists on a plane of, of existence that the general population is actually unaware is even... In existence. Right. No, I, this is like I said before, before yeah. I knew you, I was never even on the cusp of that world. I had no idea about it. So. Yeah. So, uh, like 
the people that I'm associated with in the gambling world mm-hmm. are so elite on the face of the planet that uh, a lot of people don't know they exist. Uh, a lot of people would never uh, be able to understand this, this um, like how you say, like, let's say you're talking about like culture and life, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about like the Illuminati or uh, right. or like or, or the Bilderberg group, right? Things like this, like this right. group of elite people that are just <clears throat> aloof and mysterious and mm-hmm. un- untouchable, unreachable. Right. Well, the high stakes gambling world is the same. And, and I think that's why I got a lot of hate online in the beginning because people were like, this doesn't exist. I've never seen it. I've never heard of yeah. it. It doesn't exist. Right. The truth is I'm just the only one. And I don't know really know why I have like some reason why, but I'm the only one that ever put it online. You know, yeah, like like kind of just um, you kind of personified mm-hmm. what it is that you do through, you know, this kind of online interpretation of what it is. Yeah, and which is like it it was it's something I'd never seen yeah. before. So that's when like and because you know it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you and I, you and I met at kind of an odd time for you where you weren't really on the internet. You know, you were kind of mm-hmm. you know off the grid, so to speak. And, you know, we had met and you had, of course, like, you know, gave me the vine spiel and all that stuff. And so you knew that I was like, you know, a presence on the internet. Yeah. So when we first talked, I was just kind of like, all right, like I'm looking at this guy's, you know, car. I'm looking at, you know, all my friends are telling me about like this amount of money that he won here and showing me these videos. And I'm like, why doesn't this guy have an online presence? And it was, it's funny. Cause like no more than three weeks later, I think you accumulated like hundreds of thousands of followers and tens of millions of views in no time Mm -hmm. because you were able to put the perspective of who you are and what you do into one combined entertainment aspect Mm -hmm. and just like shovel it out to the masses so easily. Well, I think um, the first, as I'm talking about this, I'm starting to think I do have some like, we're going to call it political, but it's not like political, like in a, in a governing body. It's just political as, you know, the, the, the like politics. who, you know, yeah, well, it's the, it's the politics of gambling that, you know, there's a lot of reasons that certain people don't post. So a lot of the people that I play with are some of the most recognizable CEOs uh, currently right. alive or some of the most um, recognizable figures, you know, and, and some of these people are like, Hey, I, we need this to be private. This is our private time. Right. You know, we can't be seen gambling, you know, tens of millions of dollars in a night or what it may be. Right. So there's a lot of political reasons that, that a lot of the people don't like expose themselves on, on social media or, a, or any version of media right. about their gambling in this elite world. Uh, also, but, uh, uh, another thing that I think made mine maybe catch on more is let's say there was another guy that I, that I know through this secret world of gambling, high stakes gambling. And let's say he did it. Let's say he like made Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever it was. Yeah. I do think it'd be cool because people, he, he would have a similar journey as me, but I think it would be less catchy because right. first of all, I'm one of the youngest that does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I just look cool, uh, you know, t- 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 to viewers that, you know, they see the tattoos and the, my style right. and I'm like, just, you know, just like grungy and, right. you know, F the system and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I think that was like really engaging or eye catching for a lot of people that wanted to know how can this dude that looks like he climbed out of the gutter to sell, <laughs> to sell a dub of weed possibly have made $10 million just this right. week alone, you know, rather than your like typical Jordan Belfort looking suits yeah. man, who's like a CEO of a company before he started gambling heavy yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah there is like this kind of crazy dichotomy where you kind of rose above that and just put yourself out as just, just fucking normal. Like, Hey, I'm just here and I just so happen to fucking be dope at this and like good at this and whatnot. And you mentioned your tattoos and stuff like that. And it is like something where 
if you were to tell me a guy was like super good at gambling, he's he's flying on private jets, he's doing all this stuff, I automatically picture this dude in a suit with a fucking broccoli haircut, just <laughs> fucking, you know, whatever. So like, then if you show me you, I'd be like, yo, like who let the SoundCloud rapper gamble? <laughs> so, but I wanted to touch was, on this. I was the reference for the Chipotle bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I always I always joke with CJ. I'm like, bro, you look like an unfinished coloring book. Uh, you have face tattoos, but you're getting them removed, I see. Yeah, for the last three years, I've been removing them. Just slowly, just like one by one or? Well, so uh, it's a process and your body can only like heal so much at a time. Right. So you have to do it in like small increments and you can't like go back to back to back because your body will just start like giving out. It's just basically your body won't correctly heal and, and it just won't get removed. You'll be wasting, basically you'll be wasting right. time. So, and then I started doing it and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, obviously I couldn't go like, right. especially in LA, you know, they're like, no. Absolutely. You know? And, um, but the thing is that for like a, a following six to nine months after each procedure, it will continue on its own to lighten up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I haven't gone back. In, in quite some time now, but they'd continue to lighten up on their own. Is there a reason you're doing this? Yeah, what kind of idiot tattoos their face? <laughs> I, you know, I just feel like I feel like you just had this revelation where some girl was like, you know, you're really handsome, and you were like, fuck, I I got tattoos because I thought I was ugly as fuck. <laughs> like I gotta get this shit removed now. Like if you're saying I'm handsome and you're fucking dying, like, I, well, what happened was when I first of all. I, I stopped getting tattooed a really long time ago. I don't. I got one tattoo in like the last five years. What was, what was like? In, in your height of just getting tattoo after tattoo, where were you mentally that you aren't now? Um, was, was it expression or was it more? I was directionless. Okay. And when I was directionless, I had to create my own theories on life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my theories actually all held true. The problem is that now my perspective is different on those theories. Right. So, for example, I thought like... <clears throat> If somebody doesn't want to be around me because my face is so tattooed, if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't want to be my friend, if a girl don't want to go out with me, this and that, well, screw them. I don't want them around me anyway, right? Oh. Those things are all true, except there's a lot of times I found, now that I'm like a full-grown adult, right? I'm not a kid yeah. anymore, that even if I don't want those people around, I need those people around. I need a banker to take me seriously so I can mm-hmm. buy a house. I need a car dealership. Bro, when I bought my McLaren, I had a red Supreme backpack filled with cash. That's how I bought that car. Right. I had like half a million on me and I woke up in the morning and I was like, yo, Ian, Ian came by to like grab something out of my house in LA. Oh, yo, what are you doing today? He's like, nothing. I says, yo, uh, you want to go buy a car? And he goes, uh, okay. <laughs> I say, you want to drive? He said, okay. And we hopped in his car and as we're pulling out of my garage, he goes, where do you want to go look for a car? I said, I don't know. What do you think? And he goes, how about the McLaren dealership? I said, all right, let's go. So, we, so yeah, so we pulled to Beverly Hills and we pulled into McLaren dealership and we park ourselves. We walk into the back lot, which is really where all the cars are. And, uh, we're looking around. Ian is very, McLaren's his favorite. He's very, very knowledgeable. So he and I are looking around and I said, Ian is your gambling coach. Good friend. Yeah. He's a good buddy. He's, he's yeah. a fucking awesome dude. Yeah. So he knows about McLaren's. Yeah. He, yeah. So Ian's my gambling coach. He's like my best friend, you know, he's like my brother, like awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome dude. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh. So he knows about McLaren's because he enjoys them, right? Mm-hmm. He also comes from like one of America's wealthiest families. Although he has, it's so interesting. He has zero connection, right? Uh, zero connection, but it's interesting. So as a child, he was super aware of like this culture and this uh, elite life. You mm-hmm. know? But as an adult, he had he's actually not, yeah. like, which is probably like re- really beneficial to to him. 
for like what he goes through and like his who he surrounds himself with and how he has to navigate through life. Yeah. Well, now he's on the other side of the spectrum. He's totally, totally independent on his own mm-hmm. from the bottom. Like he has to get it by himself. Right. But it's kind of probably tough because he has to say to himself, I'm literally an arm length away from from this immense wealth and mm-hmm. I'm just unable to get to it. You know, right, I'm yeah. on my own. It's probably a scary feeling. But uh, anyway, so <clears throat> we pull up. And we're walking around, and I'm wearing the basically I'm wearing this outfit, basically ripped up sweatpants, yeah, stained oversized hoodie, and some like beat up kicks, right? And we're walking around, we're looking at all the McLarens, and I see all the, me and him both see all the salesmen seeing us and not approaching us. They're just like, yeah, not, not gonna happen. Yeah, they're like desperately latching onto anybody else that they can to be like, hey, by any chance, did you think about buying a car today? (laughs) (laughs) Just running away from you. Yeah, literally. Just like, oh, this guy's going to ask for money. Literally. And I got half a million in cash in my backpack. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, so me and Ian, uh, we picked a car uh, that we want. It's a limited edition. So last year they're going to make it. I mean, I parked it out here. I actually drove it today. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the one that I keep here in Vegas. Oh, cool. Sitting in your driveway. Oh, you can take take my car and I'll just borrow it for a couple of days. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) So finally, there's nobody else to help these. Uh, like, there's no way the salesman can ignore us. Dude comes up to me and he goes, uh, you guys need help or anything? <laughs> <laughs> you guys want some chips from the snack bar? Or? Like, you, you want one of our waters? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to buy this one. And he goes, yeah? And I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, come inside for a second. So I come inside and the office is all glass, right? So everybody that's in the dealership, if they wanted to, they can see they me. They see you. Yeah. And he goes, um, so what are you thinking? I said, I'm not thinking anything. And I pulled out, I, don't, I pulled out X amount of cash. I put bricks of cash on his table, and I said, I'm either driving out with the car, or I'm pulling back out with my money. And he goes, I think you're going to leave with the car today. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Listen, man, I don't know who you robbed, but uh, you, can, you can definitely take one of the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, to, to, but it's to, to set to like kind of talk about that for a minute. I feel like in today's world. Now, when I go out in public, if I see a guy who looks, you know, like that, I think that guy's got to be rich, you know? I mean, look at like, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio and Adam Sandler, like they only go out and like, you know, and and Kanye's made like a fortune on having like kind of like this broke man look. The homeless chic. The homeless chic, yeah. So like I could see how somebody could do that, but I think anybody with kind of like a, a, you know, a kind of an eye on the pulse or a finger on the pulse of like what's going on. Could be like, oh yeah, that dude's probably got enough money to buy like six of these, you know? Like, well, I think that a lot of people are still a little outdated. So a lot of people in charge of that, like I was saying, like even if I don't want this corny car salesman to be in my <laughs> life, I need him to be in my life to, True. Set, to sell me the car. You know? By the way, True. I paid such, because I paid one hundred percent cash. I got an ill discount. By the way, really? And yeah, and I pay tax on the cash regardless, and I have the cash from the casino, which I owe tax on. So like, no matter what, for me, I'm like, I have all this cash, like. I'll keep that in mind when I buy my McLaren for sure. <laughs> yeah, so bring I, cash. I got a six six discount because I paid all their commissions in cash. I was like, listen, you tell me, I'll sign the dotted line, but this is how much cash I got. I'm driving out, you know. So I got a boom. I actually saved, um, like a, I saved like almost like a brand new Audi A6. Like I could, for the same amount of money, I could have bought a, a twenty a twenty twenty Audi A6. And you saved all the money I've made in my entire life <laughs> um, by paying cash. So we, I wanted to touch briefly on this because you yeah. mentioned before, you know, how you need these people and whatnot. Sure. But you also mentioned the time when when you were getting the tattoos, it was kind of like you thought you fell deep into this aura of like, fuck it. If I'm going to get all this stuff and somebody doesn't like it, fuck them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a viable <coughs> reasoning. However, I think we can fall into it in a way that 
doesn't make sense for us. Mm. So, and all, what I mean by that is like, we almost clutch it. We almost like, well, you know, I can start to kind of push my insecurities and push the things that I'm unaware that I don't like about myself out in order. And, and I'll put it in this kind of resonating fix of like, well, if people don't like it, fuck them. Mm-hmm. When really it's just kind of like, you know, it's not necessarily that we're hiding, but we're just kind of, we're falling away from the idea that you, you caught on to, which is sometimes we need these people in our lives in order to make mm-hmm. these kind of, you know, life transactions, whether it be a car or relationship or whatever that are going to benefit us in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like so sick to come to that realization, especially at a younger age too, mm-hmm. because a lot more of that goes on later in life when you're figuring out who the real friends are, who real people in your life are, who people like you can figure out within four minutes if you should fuck with this person on a, on a long-term basis or just whatever you need them for. Of course. And I think that's dope that you figured that out. The relationship one is the most serious for me, right? Because it's really important to connect to people. And I found that a lot of the successes I have in life is not because I'm the smartest. Thank God I'm not the smartest one in the room. We'd all be in trouble. (laughs) It's not because I'm the best looking, which I'm by a long shot. I'm not, you know, it's not all these things. I found that it was like these really sincere connections I make with people where they're, when when they become willing to learn who I am or understand where I'm coming from, right? Uh, Not like in life, but like for the, whatever particular topic it may be, they, they come with such an open heart when they finally realize that they said, you know what? I think this guy is worth a chance on let's, uh, so when I was in business, I was never the most qualified. Never once in my life was I the most qualified. Right. But I was so sincere. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just going to give this my best. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never done the following. I definitely, I've tried and I can't do the following, but I can definitely do this. And I'm willing to do anything you ask me to do, whether I can do it or not, I'll try. Right. And they were like, well, you know what? Let's give this kid a chance. And when they did, you know, they would, they would negate the fact that there's someone else knocking on their door that's fully qualified. And I'm just yeah. like some punk kid. And they gave me all these chances in life that allowed me to keep leveling up. And the more tattooed I got, the harder that was. So people would, uh, you know, refuse to give me an opportunity. And they do to this day, right? Mm -hmm. Refuse to give me an opportunity to even learn where am I coming from? What am I about? What am I here for? What's going on? They're just looking at me. And they're not wrong for this. They're actually correct. A guy with face tattoos will tell you a lot of guys with face tattoos are not coming for a good place. It's literally at face value. Yeah, literally. 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 Yeah, literally. And, And that's kind of, you know, it's a very dated way of thinking, but I mean... In the grand scheme of things, when you're dealing with these types of people and these organizations and stuff like that, they are going to be somewhat older and misunderstanding at, you know, any kind of, you know, what could this person be based on what they look like? Do you want to know a sick story about tattoos? I know probably we want to talk about some gambling and partying and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I'm down to talk about whatever, but I'm just, I'm just got to like, and, and this doesn't have to be the last time you're on the podcast yeah. by far. Well, so. I love talking to you anyway. So. Absolutely. But yeah, man, tell us a sick story. All right, so my father, right, has two sons, me mm-hmm. and my brother. Right. And we have this, he's never been divorced. So my mom is like his wife, always been his wife. You know, it's, it's like the four of us, right? Nice. Now, my brother is not as tattooed as me, but he still would be classified in heavy tattooed. You know, right. He has hand tattoos, finger tattoos. He's like, you know, he's pretty blasted. Mm-hmm. Not his face, though. Um, and his body a little bit less than mine, but whatever. So my dad's two sons are both heavily tattooed, especially me, right? right? My dad knows that I'm capable of running and operating businesses with him. He's asked me plenty of times in the past, but for me, I was like, there's not enough meat on the bone. You know, I'm doing my own thing, what, Absolutely. what, have, what have you. So he, he, he did an interview with this guy. He needed to help him operate one of his most uh, like challenging businesses. Very mm-hmm. profitable, 
but logistical nightmare. It's it's like a twenty four hour a day like hands on business. Right. And he really need. I was his consultant to get into this industry, and he had and I had helped him so much in the beginning for free. You know, I didn't need money, and uh, I was like, I'm, there's not enough meat anyway. I was like, let me just help you be successful. And yeah. and, and he became very in New Jersey. In this industry, it's one of the most successful. He's recognized by the state. His company gets massive state grants now. All this. Anyway, so he needs to hire a guy who can be him, run the company for him. Mm-hmm. And he finds this guy, and he, I remember he calls me, and he goes, Mick, I got this guy. I think he's the one. He's perfect. He's overqualified. He's ranting and raving that this is the guy. Right. right? This is the guy. He goes, I got to, you know, I took a couple other interviews. They were okay, too. You know, everybody's fine. But this guy is the guy. Well, he comes in for a second interview, and my dad found out that he's got sleeves tattooed, right? He's tattooed sleeves down, yeah. down to his wrists. Mm-hmm. But the guy comes in wearing a suit every time, of course. Right. So my dad didn't notice. Something had happened in the second interview where my dad found out that he had two sleeve tattoos. Finishes the interview, blah, blah, blah. He calls me, and he goes, I can't hire the guy. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he has sleeve tattoos. Now, listen to this. If you really think about it, it makes perfect sense. My dad has two sons, heavily tattooed, face tattoos and all. Right. That are doing wonderful in life. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't hire a guy because he had sleeve tattoos. Now check this out. My dad witnessed his two and only sons, what they were doing in life, where their head was at, what what they were living through that helped them justify that getting these tattoos were acceptable. Mm-hmm. So my dad had to step back for a second and say to himself, this guy's perfect. But what if he's still going through things in his life and in his mind where he's actively in that phase of life where he's justifying getting these tattoos, which are out of the norm. If he's currently still in that mindset, then it turns out he's not equipped to run my business. And that made perfect sense to me. I, 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 I totally see where your dad's coming from. Mm-hmm. I would just think, especially you being in the body you're in, the tattooed body you're in, being the son of him. And, you know, it's, it's hard to put you in a position where it's like, how would you feel if your employer knew you were perfect for the job and didn't hire you because of your tattoos? Even though you're at a place in life where you're slowly getting them removed because you're making decisions to benefit you rather than to benefit anybody else. I would have probably responded really poorly, I think. But I will say that I knew what I was getting myself into when I was tattooing my, myself. I knew, I knew that I was welcoming these kind of dilemmas in my life. Right. I knew that. That wasn't like a surprise to me. So, you know? so, so this guy also knew. He had to know. I mean, it, it, the, the cultural response to getting tattoos is, hey, you're going to have trouble getting a job. Hey, you're going to have trouble with this. You're going to get right. judged. You know. And he went and did it anyway, just like me. So if he was in the same mindset I was, which I told you earlier in this t- mm-hmm. conversation, yeah. a loss of direction. Right. Right. If he was also still in that phase, which there's no way to judge that if you didn't know him. Right. It's true. If he was still in that phase where he has loss of a direction, then how can he trust? Then how can my dad trust him to have the, to understand the direction of my dad's welfare and well-being? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, you know, it's your, your dad made that decision from his point of view. Yeah. And it made perfect sense. Even having so two he, sons that look like this. He never hired the guy. Didn't hire the guy. No, he went with another wow. guy. Yeah. That's a wild. less qualified guy. <laughs> that's crazy man yeah because that guy could have been uh, a liability if he was still in the mindset of loss of direction and do you think it could have been do you think it could have been mitigated by an extra set of questions in the interview like hey i noticed you have tattoos let's talk about it where's your head at 
My dad is pretty close-minded with it, to be honest. So, so he's already biased. He doesn't really care for your tattoos either. Oh my God, does he hate them? You have my dad used to refuse to be seen with me in public. Used to refuse to have pictures with me. Would your dad hire you to run his business if you were equipped? Nowadays. Nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays. Back then, not so much. No chance. Well, back back in my phase of getting tattoos, no chance. My dad also wasn't in my life then. You know, we we had a a long extended break from each other. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, but he knew. That my life was a disaster for a long time. And mm-hmm. he knew that I had loss of direction. He's right. like, how can you direct my business and my finances to pay my bills if you can't even direct yourself to the right gas, to, to, to the right fuel pump, you know? Right, you're, exactly. you're putting diesel in your, your gas car. True. True. That's, I mean, that's interesting shit. That's, uh, that's kind of an, uh, uh, I guess, a, a dynamic I'm really not familiar with. I mean, I, I never, you know, think about... Uh, putting myself in that position to either be, you know, your dad's role or that guy's role. Because, you know, it's funny. It's a crazy thing. You mentioned before, like, you're tatted up. Your brother's tatted up. He's not as crazy tatted as you, but he would still be what some considered tatted up. Like, to the grip. For sure. So I was in a situation where I was dating a very conservative girl, like, Mm -hmm. years ago. And at the time, I had literally my sister's name tattooed on my arm. And I think that was the only tattoo I had at the time. I have like nine now, which even still is like not a lot. Gang, gang. So as when I was dating her, her parents were already iffy about me because I was just like not in a fraternity. You know, I didn't have any kind of, you know, connections to any kind of, you know, higher political power in my in my city. You know, I wasn't I wasn't what they wanted. You know, I was going to college, but it's like you were in a chat. They wanted a chat. Exactly. They wanted a chat. And they found out that I had one tattoo and they were like, no, you can't date a guy with a, t- with that <laughs> tattoo. He's a maniac. Literally, literally her mom, I read her, she showed me her mother's text. She's like, you can't date a guy with that tattoo. Knowing that it was one singular tattoo that I got of my sister's name, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, this is crazy because if I walked into any biker bar, they'd be like, fuck this guy, dude. He's got one tattoo. I would be totally shunned by that. You know, they'd be like, this guy isn't tatted. Fucking wipe that off. You know, like, and here's this woman who thinks that my one tattoo makes me fucking slash from Guns N' Roses. You know? Bro, I'm in the car to go play poker on TV like a month ago, right? And in the car is me, CJ, Keaton, uh, my other homie from the East Coast and this porn star, right? And the porn star um, has some tattoos, mm-hmm. right? Like some. But you're talking about a car with so many tattoos that we can, you know, like we right. can we can paint the Great Wall of China. You know what exactly. I mean? So she's on the phone with a booking agent for like, she wants to, I don't know what, Brazzers, I don't know, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all like quiet so she can like take this business call. And we're like right. sitting outside the casino. I'm supposed to go in and play on TV. And she, and they, you know, she has to describe herself and blah, you know, right. whatever they go through. And she goes, yeah, mass tatted, right? And she starts talking because they want to know her look. She starts talking about all her tattoos. But she only has like, you know, some. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's exactly right. But you know what? And it's crazy because you saw how many tattoos she had. Yeah. And it's probably not a lot. And I guarantee you some people are like, yeah, we, we really don't want a girl tatted up yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, you know, we're making fun of her. But she's absolutely right, you know, because compared to somebody with no tattoos, first of all, she do, you know, she would have a lot. Right, Compared yeah. to like a normal, you know, John and Jane, whatever. Yeah. She, she's quite fairly tattooed. Right. You know, but in the tattoo world, she's 
you know, regular. People are just like, oh, like, when's the next one? Yeah, exactly. In the tattoo world, they're like, are you going to get more? Yeah. Whereas to like, you know, maybe a booking agent or somebody's like, did you have to get that last one? Like, you know, you could have, you had three, that was enough. Yeah, but these are all real facts of life. It's true. Every single tattoo that a person gets, as minute as it may be, they are slowly putting themselves in a smaller and smaller box. It's crazy that we're, we're in 2022 and that's still the case. Now, granted, there has been like, I think a crazy wave of, you know, I guess more businesses and more people accepting more tatted up people. Like I've gone to like, like restaurants and stuff like that where my waiter or my waitress was completely tatted up, like what I would consider tattooed. And I've even seen like, you know, real estate agents like on their card like this guy had a straight up neck tat and i was just like wow like we are coming like a far away but then again if you think about it those are like self-made things Mm -hmm. like you went and got your real estate license like Mm -hmm. you went they're not going to turn you away from class they're not going to be like yeah you're too tatted to get your license so you went and got that and like you you studied real estate and you know selling houses and whatnot. You got your own card. Like fuck it if your neck tattoos on the card because you obviously know what you're doing. So it's like I guess there's been more opportunities for tatted up people to make opportunities for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you do see less of it, but in a corporate world, it's crazy that it's still you do back yourself into a corner when you when you're getting so many tattoos. Getting tattoos is only a liability and never an asset. There's not a single scenario in life where having tattoos gives you a benefit. It can either be neutral or a liability only. The real estate agent, for example, he might have had to said to himself at one time of his life, I'm going to have trouble selling houses with a neck tattoo. True. How do I get these wealthy people that come from old money, conservative, you know, True. backgrounds to buy from me? So he probably had to say to himself, I can't do it. So now I got to go find a team of people that look presentable, spend mm-hmm. my whole life teaching them so they can sell houses on my behalf. But then I have to pay them a cut of that because I can't do it myself. And I could see even people from old money and more conservative literally being like, it's a great spot, but I don't want to buy it from a guy with a neck tattoo. Yeah, because they can, I can literally see people doing that. Yeah, they can feel something's not right with this guy. And then I can't trust my money with him. And that's wild. That's crazy. But it's a real thing that people that look like me deal with. Yeah. Well, I want to get down to it because it is something that I envy and I'm very jealous of. Mm -hmm. But in the position you're in, Mm -hmm. you're getting hit up by rappers that I idolize Mm -hmm. to hang out. Did you did you ever think that like, you know, first of all, let me ask you this. Has there ever been a DM that you've gotten where genuinely you were like. No fucking way. Yes. I love this guy. Yeah. There's been a few of those. Okay. The very first one was Andy Milanakis. I love Andy. And you know what's crazy? A lot of kids that are like just now entering like our mm-hmm. age. Or figuring him out in a totally different yeah, they don't, platform. They're not even fully understanding who They don't know Andy. about B-Head. They don't know. You they know? don't know. They don't know. I got Bruce Lee's on my head. They don't, they don't know that. They have no idea. And I'm like... Never heard of the Andy Milanakis show? And what's funny is that most of them think that he's just some kid oh my God. that's up and coming. Bro, Andy Milanakis, <laughs> bro, I spent such an amount of energy in my childhood based on Andy Milanakis. Yeah. <laughs> Every day, it was me, all the neighborhood kids. We'd go to my boy Lane's house. Who Lane lived at the end of the block in a right. cul-de-sac. We'd all go to his house, and upstairs he had like a big room like a like a pull down screen with like you know those old school projectors, right. and we'd all sit on his big like U shaped couch and just 
nonstop smoke pot and watch Andy Milanakis. That was the life. Order the life. Order Domino's pizza. Sit around in our boxers, throw stuff at each other, and just more Andy Milanakis. And that was our life for like so many years. Dude, I I I can see. I get it. I I love Andy. Yeah. Every time that I've ever been with Andy, like in yeah. person, mm. such a just like nice, humble, amazing individual that's genuinely curious about you as you are him. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Such a nice dude. Like regular, like talking to him was just mad regular. And he was, and he was early on too in my, in my public, really? uh, you know, being seen. Yeah. He was, that's early. cool. Yeah. What's another one? Um, um, I remember, let me think. Well, I'll tell you last night I went go-karting with key Glock and. Oh yeah. Key Glock. So yeah. Key Glock was, um, kind of the right hand man or, or at least a good friend of young Dolph. More than that, much more than that, but yeah, 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 yeah. And and Young Dolph recently was gunned down in Memphis. Unfortunately, and rest in peace, yeah. Rest in peace, Young Dolph. Um, I actually talked about that on my first podcast. Uh, and 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 Key Glock was at your New Year's Eve party, which I was at also. Yeah, yeah. Which was fucking incredible. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I knew it was gonna be. Yeah. And it's crazy because I was like, what am I gonna get myself into? Because you know, I'm sober. Mm. Um, as we talk, you know, you're, you're also somebody that's been sober for how how long now? A little over six years, a little over six years. I'm coming up on seven years. Congrats. And you know, I think both of us have this kind of great, I would call it a superpower where we can be around some of the craziest shit Mm -hmm. and never like partake in it. Sure. I agree. And, uh, and I think that goes off just being able to connect spiritually with people Mm -hmm. and ride off that spirit. And what I mean by that is a lot of people are like, yo, how are you able to be around people that are so drunk or people that are doing this drug or that drug or, you know, people that are in the porn industry and you're not, you know, doing all that shit. And it's like, it has very little to do with willpower so much as it does being able to connect with people spiritually exactly. and being like, if you're having that experience, I'll have it with you yes. from it at a distance. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can like kind of coexist with these people. And, you know, in a sense, euphorically, you get kind of wasted off of that energy. Yeah. So my whole thing, right. Is like, uh, I only want to see people winning and having living their best life. Right. right? So whatever your best life is to you, that's what I'm going to support. So if my man wants to uh, sniff blow out of stripper's booty holes, that's what he wants in life. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. I'm like, Hey man, I'm here to support I'm that. I'm, I'm with you let me, spiritually. Yeah, let me help you. I'll, let me get you. And if another dude is like, Hey man, I don't want to drink or drug anymore. I'm like, I'm going to help you with that. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that is their best life, anything it is, whatever it is to them, that's what I support. That's, that's awesome. And yeah. And no, I feel that. And your, your new year's Eve party was like, Definitely that for me. Like I showed up and I was just like, you know why I'm okay here? Because the person throwing the party is just as okay here <laughs> without, you know, doing all wow. the, the shit, you know, that's really deep. So man. it's like, wow. I don't have to be scared of being drug into anything mm. because at the end of the day, the guy who this is all about is sober as, as I, is as sober as I am. Well, it wasn't all about me. It was for everybody. Right. You know, and that, it was yeah. everybody's party, but absolutely. And it felt that yeah. way. It yeah. felt that way. All right. But, uh, wow. That's really empowering that you said that. It's so humbling. I, That's really, really incredible. I never even thought about it like that. Well, it's a gift. It's a gift that you gave me that night, and I'm giving it back to you. Wow, that's really cool, man. Thank you, bro. For sure, man. That's the only thing I get out of the party, which for the record was lit. It was lit. I've heard heard great things. It was lit. Yeah. There was... Well, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. there were some performances there. Um, you know, there was I, I, I was there. There's a lot of beautiful women there. 
Um, I banged 10 girls that night. Wasn't a record or nothing, but I also was really preoccupied. At the same time? No, so I had, uh, it was, uh, it was consisted of uh, three threesomes and then uh, like four just like individuals. Uh, a couple of them I did more than once, um, but it was like through the night, but I was, it wasn't a record. You're an was, animal. How do you do it? Well, I don't, not every time. I nutted three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more just like, you know, nowadays, like if I'm with somebody and we're like, you know, involved romantically and like we get it done, I'm just like, I'm good for the next I don't know, 15 hours, <laughs> which means that, which means that statistically in 24 hours, I could never have sex with 10 girls. Well, I don't nut, you know, like every time I know, I know that I can't, I learned this a long time ago. <laughs> Wait, you know? so you're like controlling the nut. You're like, yeah, all right, yeah. this is going to be the one. Yeah. This is a, you know, you know, uh, I got, I got pretty good dick and, uh, you know, so, you know, I'll give it to a So I've heard. <laughs> so, you know, I'll give it to a girl for like a bit and, you know, it takes me a long time to nut anyway. Like, even if I'm like only having sex with like one girl one time for a day, you know, it takes mm -hmm. me a while to nut anyway. So like their general like time frame, like, Hey, like roughly we should be wrapping it up right about now. Like, can you climax, you know? <laughs> We can just imagine the roundtable discussion at the orgy. Just like, hey, man, Mickey's really not pulling through. He's not nothing. We got to wrap this up. We got fucking, I got recital at three. You know? well, well, let's say like a normal dude, I'm going to make this up. Nuts in 20 minutes from like start to finish, like foreplay included. And that's a ge that's generous, dude. Anybody who's having sex for 20 minutes, come on. Whatever it is, you know, like you can tell from the girl's like uh, mannerisms that she's sort of like getting over it. She's like, hey, like. Can you, yeah, you got to read the room. Yeah, so I read the room. So as soon as I see her, like, kind of, like, let's go, right. time ticking. I'm like, all right, baby, let's go do something real quick in the party. You know, I'll catch you later, you know? Yeah, my boy Mickey is a sport fucker, bro. <laughs> he fucks for sport. <laughs> all these consenting women are like, yo, I'm down for it. Yeah. And it's basically like you're running a relay race. <laughs> yeah. You hand them the baton. You're like, let's go fucking party a little bit. We'll come back. We'll do a lap. And then we'll fuck again. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly how it is. Hey, let's do a lap. And we'll come back and take it from that's, there. What? Yeah, yeah. I haven't had that kind of stamina since I was fucking 18 years old. <laughs> And even and then I was so ridiculously awkward it was never in the cards. So it's funny it's like you go through life and you get to a point where maybe maybe you can fuck around and have a threesome and it's like oh yeah but you're not 18 anymore but Mickey is out here just living the fucking dream. Yeah yeah. Well as you know um allegedly you may or may not have been present for some moments like these. Oh dude I've definitely been present for Mickey's random sex moments. Yeah, okay. I remember okay. there was a time where I was in the front seat and you hired, or, or you didn't hire, but we had a driver to the casino, basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw names out there, but there was definitely, like, I was in the front seat, and the driver refused to put on music. Mm -hmm. I was like, why isn't this guy putting on music? Mm -hmm. And I definitely heard things going on, and you were in the farthest back row. And I was just like, okay. All right, definitely, Mickey's definitely getting head <laughs> in the farthest of the back seat. I'm hearing every noise you can hear. <laughs> And the driver's just kind of like, yeah, I think I'd rather hear this. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, cool, man. But I mean, yes, I've definitely been present. I, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with, you know, what goes on. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people don't believe it, by the way. But there's so many, like, fr people that are there, you know? Yeah, there's well, so I mean, fuck it if they do, fuck it if they don't. It's yeah. like, whatever. You know, I, I feel like it's, 
I don't it's, like, I don't it's like, not hard to believe. I don't like when they bust my when people on the internet bust my balls. They're, like, they're telling you it's not happening. Yeah, I'm like, who are you? I'm like, get out my comment section. Oh, they're like, Mickey doesn't get bitches. It hurts my feelings. I'm so sorry. It hurts Mickey. my feelings. I'm new to the public image. I'm new to being known. I'm new to Look, like social media. I'm like, hey guys, I'm just a normal guy. Don't I get mean, mad at me that I got more pussy than you. Let, let's put it on record here, okay? I'm Mickey's friend. I'm around Mickey a lot. There's a lot of women consensually. That love Mickey's penis. This is true. A lot. That's true. So many to where, like, if, like, you know, if I'm a single guy and I go out with Mickey, I can pretty much rest assured that, like, I'm just not even caring about, you know, talking to girls that night because they're all definitely wanting Mickey. And I get it. No. They're all like, yo, Mickey's the guy, Jeff. If he wasn't here, (laughs) yes. But Mickey's here. No. And I'm like, yo. And that's when I'm just like, go little rock star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I support. <laughs> bro, you're Jay Cyrus from Vine, dog. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, that doesn't carry weight like it used to. Buddy. <laughs> there was a time where we were in the same room. We could go toe to toe, but and Jay Cyrus from Vine just ain't what it used to be, brother. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what my favorite TikToks are? The ones that say, Proof that Vine was better than TikTok. Dude, there's so many. And it's yeah. funny. Like, sometimes I'll come up in those compilations and I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more than anything, I start to realize, and I've said this before, I would love to start like a hashtag just called, you know, Vine mm-hmm. and see what top creators on TikTok could pull off being funny in six seconds. <clears throat> I don't think a lot could. I think there's a small handful. And I'll tell you the truth. I love Vine. I really do. Like, to this day, I watch uh, Vine compilations, stuff like that on YouTube. Like, I, I love Vine. Uh, there's only a few, but those are actually my favorite TikTokers, just because they're essentially Viners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, there definitely is a few. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. I mean, there's so much talent on that app. Yeah. For sure. But, but, on, but on, a, on, on a percentage base, like, such a small percentage of, t- of successful TikTokers could, could pull off Vine. Surely, and, and to their credit, and even in their defense, like, it's not what it was. Yeah. Well, they, and, don't, they didn't know. come up that way, a lot of them. A lot no. of them are young, but post-Vine, you know? Yeah, and a lot of online, you know, and... and just online content creation as a whole has far surpassed like the whole six second realm. Mm. And I think what Vine did for internet culture was really created meme culture and amplified it because of the fact that essentially the the length of a GIF or GIF, however you want to say it, is a Vine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of elevated that timestamp, you know, of the the mental capacity to to, like absorb something and laugh right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, TikTok is, you know, even in 15 seconds, you're doing a lot more than you could do in six seconds. And it's crazy because it's not that much longer, but at the same time, it's just enough longer to really make a difference in a punchline, a setup, and an angle for a joke. I'm I'm really dumb. I mean, that's my baseline is I'm dumb, but... Uh, six seconds is really good for me because there's not too much I can go on. You know, I can right. get right to it. <laughs> and you, and you, you like the, the the beauty of Vine was it was six seconds, but it looped mm. perfectly, seamlessly. Yeah. So you could watch it eleven times and be like, "Yo, I get the joke so good now." <laughs> yeah. And you could watch it eleven times and still fucking be in the same minute that you started. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. I wasted a minute of my time, but I saw that shit so much to where like I really know how funny it is. Yeah. Well, my dude, we are nearing the end of our 60-minute allowed time for the podcast. Uh, dude, I just want to fucking thank you for coming on. 
Um, I, I, I knew we were going to do this at some point. I didn't know it was going to be the exact night I asked you about it, but I'm glad you came through. I'm glad you rolled through and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on and I definitely want to have you back. Yeah. I'll come again. If you want anything else, you just let me know. I'll answer I'll rapid fire, answer questions, whatever you need. Yeah, man. Well, we got five minutes. I'll ask you, um, three questions. Go ahead. Rapid fire. I got you. Um, nicest rapper you've been around. Wow. That's actually a really tough question. Wow, that's not rapid fire. I will tell you that the the first time Drake and I ever really got in a conversation, I was completely aghast and taken back with his uh, mannerisms and um, the way he he just, just the way he talked to me. He um, first of all, he's he's Drake. You know, honestly, you know, yeah. I, I really like to sit back and say to myself, "Whoa, I'm you know I'm talking to, to Drake." Absolutely. And uh, he 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 was hitting me with like you know like. Yeah, like like hey bro good morning you know what what's 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 on your schedule today you know mm-hmm. you know give me a ring or whatever it is you know and I'm like oh that's that's cool you know he, he's really he's not like that's just tough. calling me with this entitlement that I need to answer he's like hey bro right. like, like give me a ring when you can good morning have a blessed day you know professional and, and then when I hit him up um we were sending a lot of audio messages like instead of texting when mm-hmm. it came to that and he would send me so many and he'd be like Hey man, I just want to uh, say, you know, I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn here. I'm just new in in this space, and I don't want to be rude. But let me just ask the question that I'm thinking about. This is good. He'd ask the question, and he'd say, "Hey, again." He say, "Hey man, again, you know, in, in no way am I do I want to be rude across any lines. I'm just trying to get an understanding." And I have to nice. res- and I have to respond with, "Bro, like you're good. <laughs> you're drank. Yeah, you're like you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good, man. Like you know what's up." <laughs> and that was just really really cool for me. And there's a couple other dudes. A couple, honestly, almost everybody is, has been pretty good, but there's a couple other, you know, Tusi is really, really like, like, like a sweet guy, like in the sense of like, cool. just like a nice, like, like grounded, like we ran into each other one time and we, we like both stopped what we were doing to say what's up and, and we became really good friends. That's the best. Yeah. Most amount of money you've won at one time. 11526000 Sheesh. Uh, most money you've lost at one time. $8 million. Damn. <laughs> Wow, dude. But I won, so I lost $8 million. It took me a few hours of losing. And then I came and I won $9 million an hour later. So I ended up winning a million. That's amazing. It's incredible. I, your life is, there's so many things I want to ask you, but I'm going to save it for the next podcast. Mickey, a.k.a. Dirty Goth Boy, a good friend of mine, fucking uh, an absolute powerhouse to follow on the internet if you want to just always be fucking wowed by the most interesting things. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're the shit. And we will see you next time you come on. Is there anything you want to say within the last 30 seconds you got here? I want to say I love Jay Cyrus. Jay Cyrus has offered me so much in life that he didn't have to, and he just did it out of the pureness of his heart, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Jay, you've helped drive a lot of my train, even maybe well beyond what you realize, and I appreciate every bit of you. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for saying that, and uh, we'll see you later. Later.